you've been wondering what gives. I've kind of been wondering that myself, but as I told my friend Dr. Al early in the week, if I have nothing to say, I'm not going to waste a half hour of your time or mine not saying it. Uh, so that being said, welcome to the program on this Thursday. It's going to be a short one. I don't have much to say today either, but I will say this. It's Thursday, the 21st day of July. The Republican convention winding down and I think tonight is the last night. I haven't watched any of it. I don't think it's prophetically significant any more than it would be uh, had the crew of the Titanic had a meeting after they hit the iceberg and voted in a new captain. And I've said that before, but I mean it sincerely. It's too late. It is simply time to man the lifeboats. And I've been saying that for a while. I think I may be the only person saying it because it seems like the cacophony is rising in decibel level with the idea that we really can make America great again. I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. But anyway, uh, that aside, prophecy being what it is, there is still a direction to all of this, and I'm trying to keep an eye on that. Once again, I want to reiterate my strong encouragement that if you are not on the 30-day challenge or 32-day challenge, what have you, uh, that you get on it. For crying out loud, the time is really late. Have an impact for Christ every day. Do something every day. doesn't have to be big. It has to be consistent. How do we show Jesus that we love him? That's the question. He said, if you love me, He'll obey me. He'll keep my commandments. His commandments are not a bunch of thou shalt nots. His commandments are very simple. Love the Lord your God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. The most loving thing that you can do right now to your neighbor or anyone else is to encourage them by any means possible to get into one of the lifeboats before it is eternally too late. And this is basically a repeat of what I've been saying for the past seven years or so as the giddy factors went up and down. I don't have a giddy factor right now. I don't have a date in the future that I'm looking at. All the sand is out of the hourglass. As I've said before, and I think you can figure it out for yourself if you don't want to trust me on this, everything Jesus told us to watch for has already transpired. Every sign that he told us would herald his return, has been passed, has been seen. In real history, I mean, look it up on the Internet, go to your favorite news source, whatever it may be, and compare with the things that you read in Matthew chapter 24. It's all taken place. So I don't need to set dates. All the dates are in the rearview mirror. What I do need to do is speak my little prophetic heart out to all of you people that the coming of the Lord is very, very near, and we need to be ready. Now, how near is near? That's a good question, because I thought it was near seven years ago, and it was. We are now seven years closer, and it still is near. But the last days began way back in the days of the Apostles. 
Now, I, I want to unpack that for just a moment before I wind up and bail on this thing. That when they were speaking of these being the last days, I think that there were two things that were in view. First of all, the way history would be played out and the interaction between men and God, and specifically the age of grace. It's the type of life or the type of time, okay? A quality thing. The last days speak of the way things will be in the last days. It doesn't speak of duration. It speaks of a sort of a new status quo, the new normal, that God's grace was available, that God's covenant was was with men, and all the things that we have seen since the beginning of the church age. The second thing that's in view is the classic model that there would be six days of travail and then a Sabbath, and each day being a thousand years, when we began the last days 2,000 years ago, we began the final period of 3,000 years. Well, if 2,000 years have passed, then there's only 1,000 years left. That's the millennium. So that would be an indication there as far as a pattern or a model. I'm not real dogmatic on any of this stuff. As I've said, the main thing is that 150,000 people check out every day anyway, so whether the rapture happens next week, next month, or next year is totally irrelevant to that 152,000 people that are going to die tomorrow. And the same number of people, maybe a few more at the rate things are going, that are going to pass from this veil of tears on Saturday. So the most important thing is to be ready. At any time, you could be standing before your maker. I've said that before, too. This is one of the reasons that I was very disinclined to have programs this week is because all I'm doing is reruns. All I'm doing is saying the same old thing that I've been saying for low these many years. But enough of that. The only other thing that I wanted to mention before I hit the button and play the outro is this. For the sake of perspective, I would like to encourage you to read the item that I posted yesterday by Steve McAlpine. For those who think that Christianity should be great and wonderful and soft and cushy, they're going to be a little bit uncomfortable going forward because I think things, regardless of who assumes the Oval Office or even if there is an election in a couple months, things are going to get tougher for Christians. The Chinese have an interesting saying, and this was pointed out by Steve in the homework. He said, the fiercer the persecution, the greater the revival. And I think we need to bear that in mind. Democracy is not our friend. The civil government we cannot expect to be our friend going forward. What we can expect is that there is going to be increased resistance to the gospel message on a number of different levels. So the idea of us going into a period of tribulation should not be frightening for us. And I don't think this is going to be the great tribulation. I'm still pre-wrath on that. I still believe six seal is coming, and that's when we check out. However, I'm inclined to think that a lot of the things that we are taking for granted right now are going to be uh, illegal and punished legally by the regime once Hillary is sworn in. And once again, I don't know if we're going to be here in January. I don't even know how that's going to play out. In fact, it might not be Hillary. It might be Obama continued. I don't know. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball. What I do see, though, is a trend toward making 
expressed Christianity illegal in this country. The Chinese would say, what's the big deal? They expect persecution. They realize that with hardship comes more opportunity and more openness. I see us dealing with Generation Snowflake and a lot of people who are, seem to be incapable of rational thought. So it's going to get tougher in many ways until people start realizing that the status quo is a hopeless status quo. Once again, uh, they see the water coming over the bow, the Titanic is going down, they realize that all the promises that are made are empty promises, and by God's abundant grace, they seek hope. Uh, we have that hope. I feel like I'm kind of chasing myself in a circle right now, so I'm going to let you go. Here's your outro music. Maybe we'll try it again tomorrow. No promises, but I'm going to put something up on the blog anyway, and a keep to afterthoughts maybe by next Monday, so it'll be worth your while. In the meantime, go into the world where God has sent you, go into the world where you live, and make an impact every day for Jesus Christ. God bless all of you. Hope to see you soon. Bye for now. Got a feeling in my bones, in my bones.